to return to Oswald. I'm Derek, and as always, I'm joined by Scar and Brandon. Uh, this week, we are discussing season Hello. two, episode six, which is Strange Bedfellows. <clears throat> Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm mad y'all didn't tell me about LL Cool J. We, you know, here's the thing about LL Cool J. We, uh, he called me yesterday. We thought and, he came later. <laughs> yeah, and we we had a conversation about uh, rappers that have showed up in here, and we talked about LL Cool J. And I was like, I think I just seen that. And I was like, Yo, I think it's in the, I think it's in the next episode. He hadn't watched it yet. So yeah, so we had the conversation right when it happened. Yeah, and, and I mean, even if I had known, I wouldn't have told you because fuck this nigga. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. This is um, season two, episode six, like I said, and usually I talk about like the whole IMDB synopsis of this, but fuck that shit. Here's my synopsis of this episode. Bitch. Why the fuck you lying? Why, Why you always lying? Why? Oh my god. Stop fucking lying. That's my synopsis. Like that nigga. He didn't even have to be on the show. He didn't. I would have been just fine without Jiggy ever showing up on the fucking show. Plus, I hate the fucking name Jiggy. I hate the word Jiggy. <laughs> like, like I like, I like the locks <laughs> and I like Jadakiss as much as anybody can, except for that song. If you think I'm jiggy, fuck jiggy, Brandon, you, you, okay. LO's on the show. Thoughts. Well, I was happy to see him. I like LO. I do too. And to see him, this like one of his earliest acting jobs. This is. Before or you can right tell this after is, any given Sunday? You, you can tell this is real early. Yeah. Yeah, this is super in his, early. In his acting career. In his acting career, this is way, way early. This is like, you know, it's fresh out the gate. Um, and Scar, how are you doing today? What'd you think about the episode? Um, I was worried about the episode uh because of the trigger warning. Um, yes. Uh Shout out to Rashani for for uh, the trigger warning um, thing um, because I don't typically say trigger warning, but um, but I was very very concerned about it. And yes. yeah, about that. Yes, it was. It was. I mean, yeah, I was I was cool with it, but it was just it just turned out it turned out not to be as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yes. Those things don't bother me much in TV shows. It unless it's portrayed incorrectly, is what I mean. Like if if someone gets raped and then they treat it like like we were talking to another podcast and Rashani and Shantae, uh shout out, I love Shantae, were talking to me about Revenge of the Nerds, because I had totally forgot about Revenge of the Nerds. Like only thing I remembered was like a bunch of nerds doing mischievous shit. But I didn't, you know, I thought they were just fucking around with like the other fraternities and they started explaining to me like all the fucked up shit that they were doing in that movie, but it wasn't necessarily portrayed as such. Right. So that shit bothers me. But when I when I see like shit like this happen in a movie I mean, or a TV show, because 
shit like that probably does happen in real life. And this, they don't say, like, the very next scene, they're like, I mean, I'm not jumping ahead, but the very next scene, they're like, Shabetta got raped. And they didn't say, like, you know, Shabetta had sex with Adebisi. You know, it wasn't portrayed in that manner for me. So I'm okay with seeing bad shit in TV and movies as long as it's portrayed as bad shit. I hate when bad shit happens and people act like it's not fucking bad. Like, you know, oh, you know, I just, I just text, I just sent a sexting text of, you know, I sent a, I made a sex video of my girlfriend. I put it in there without her knowing. Ha ha ha. That's funny. Like, no, that's not funny. <laughs> but if I saw a movie and somebody did a, a video of their girlfriend and put it on the internet and they treat it as like a sex crime, I'm okay with seeing that in the movie. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, there is a conversation that's going to happen uh, down the line. It's, 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 yeah, this is Oz. Um, at the beginning of the show, uh, Saeed and Schillinger are pretty much just pissing their constituents off by having Ebony and Ivory <laughs> sitting at the same table. Like, okay, guys, I know that Saeed, that Schillinger wants Saeed to help him get out of jail, whatever it may be. But y'all weren't sitting at the same table last week. Like, how we get to this point? Right. Where side is like, why, all right. Why did, why did, oh, y'all sit why, here. Why was this necessary? <laughs> right? Ebony! <laughs> and the, 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 the Nazis are like, yo, what the fuck? And, and, um, Saeed's right hand man, I always forget what his name is. He's like, hey, why are we sitting next to these Nazis? And Saeed is like, because I got a plan. And Schillinger is actually honest about it. He's like, because that nigger's going to get me out of jail. <laughs> You're right down the table from them. They can hear you calling them a nigger. <laughs> also, there's probably like where it's not awkward for Saeed because he's all the way down the table from the Nazis. But where there's a Nazi and a Muslim sitting side by side, it's probably really fucking awkward. I'm just guessing. Like, they're probably kicking each other under the table and shit and jostling for space on their right elbow. Because, you know, when you eat with your um, right hand and you're sitting next to somebody who's left-handed, y'all's elbows are going to bump. And I bet they had a left-handed Nazi sitting next to a right-handed Muslim and their elbows were just jostling for position and shit. It was funny in my head. Um but so then yeah, but here's what I gathered from us. Here's what I gathered from us. They don't really care about getting called nigger. Like at this point, they've heard <laughs> they're in there with these white supremacists for years now. They they hear that shit every day. Like at one point in this scene, um Sean just is like, all right, get out of here, nigger. And Adabisi just back there, like, huh. oh, oh well, he just goes back and <laughs> goes on about his business because you know that shit just happens every day. That's just part of it. Niggas be called niggas every day, B. <laughs> that shit's just part of it there. So uh the next thing after that is that um the lawyer who went up against Saeed and Augustus's trial is talking with uh Warden Glenn and and McManus and Whittlesey, who for some fucking reason, like did they call her in for this meeting? I guess they did because you know it's important the stuff that he has to talk to her about, but like why is she always fucking there? Um and now he's suddenly scared, like the lawyer is suddenly scared of Augustus or of Saeed 
because this is a jury trial and Saeed's a good speaker. But I mean, didn't the judge at the last one, didn't you like fucking talk well enough to make her object to everything or sustain every objection you made to what Saeed was saying? Like, didn't you beat him down? Don't worry about the jury if he can't even get words across. All he does is say something dumb and you're like objection and that's the reason. And the judge will be like, sustain, strike that from the record. But since Whittlesey is in the meeting, yeah, I'm, hmm? what'd you say, yeah, Scar? I, the, the thing I hated about this, of course, the, the the thing that I hated most about this is the fact that it keeps circling back to Scott fucking Ross. And I hate this. Stinking ass Scott. Stinking ass Scott. Why do we keep dealing with Scott fucking Ross? And so the lawyer lets her know that Saeed is going to bring up how she entrapped Schillinger and how she murdered Stinking ass Scott. And so McManus is walking down a hallway with Diane um, and tells her that if they ask him about the shooting, he's going to say that she did it because he can't lie because he knows the truth, which, you know, all right, I'm down for that. Um, now that he knows the truth, he ain't going to perjure himself. The last time they asked him about it, he ain't know, so he could say he didn't know. Um, and he ain't going to perjure himself for her. But Whittlesey, uh, to her credit, she reminded me so much of Carmelo Soprano in this scene. Yes. Yeah, she hit him with the nut up, nigga. Like this is not what this, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I need, I need you to be, I need to be, I need you to nut up and be on my page right now. Exactly. So we're gonna be questioned about Ross. No, why should it? Diane, the last time I was asked if I knew anything about the shooting, I said no. Yeah. Well, this time I can't. Why not? Because now I know the truth. So. I'll be under oath. So. You want me to perjure myself? Tim, I want what you do. We're usually not even close. I just... Look, wait. Can we just cut the shit? You are going to say you have a conscience, right? A moral code. Seepage in your cerebral cortex. And I am going to say, lie. If you love me, if you ever loved me, then lie. Schillinger approached me outside the library. He told me he would pay me to kill Beecher. And you agreed? Yes. In order to stop him. We have a tape recording of you and Vern Schillinger. So, last night. You wanted Beecher dead, right? Yeah, I wanted him dead. You paid me, right? Two grand? Yeah. This was your second conversation about Beecher. Yes. We don't have a recording of the first one. Isn't it true that that time you approached Schillinger? No. You never asked him how much he'd pay you to kill Tobias Beecher? No, that would be entrapment and against the law. You say he offered to pay you money. Did he offer you anything else? He implied that if I didn't help him, he would tell people I killed Scott Ross. Did that factor into your decision to trick him? No, because it's not true. No matter what Schillinger says or thinks he saw, I killed no one. So, Officer Whittlesley is in general uh, 
a trustworthy person. Yes. She's never lied to you. I didn't say that. So she has lied to you. Mm -hmm. She lied to you regarding Vern Schillinger? You mean him wanting to kill Beecher? Yes. No. So she told you the absolute truth about her reasons for accepting his offer? I assume so. You assume so? Yes. So was one of those reasons the fact that Schillinger knew Whittlesley murdered Ross? You mean, did she say to me that was one of her reasons? Yes. No. Manus, did Whittlesley murder Ross? Murder? Yes. To the best of your knowledge, Diane Whittlesley shoot Scott Ross with the intention of ending his life. McManus lied for that. McManus lied for Whittlesey. Like, looked Saeed dead in the eye and lied. And I never thought that that would happen. Like, seriously. Brandon, defend your man. What? Y'all are, y'all are hypocrites. No, did, I but, say, no, don't say y'all because I'm with he McManus. He did exactly on. what y'all wanted him to do last week. I'm, I'm with McManus on this one, so don't say and y'all. And on this one, I was right. Because what did I say last week? I said McManus is not about to snitch. McMahon has just wanted to make it clear to her that he don't fuck with her for doing that. Like, he's not going to date you because that's his personal beliefs and his his code. But uh, he never said he was going to go, like, snitch on you for, for Schillinger. He never said he's going to take Schillinger's side on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Scar, what's your thoughts? No, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with McManus on this one. Like, he lied. And, you know... He, he, he lied to protect someone that he cares about. Whether or not he actually really loves her is besides the fucking point. Like, he he lied he lied to protect someone. She was just like, look, dog, I need you to do this for me. And he was just like, all right, man, I got it. Shit. And I mean, honestly, I'm not mad about it. Ain't nobody going to tell the truth for Schillinger. And to McManus's credit, I don't know if anybody else caught this, but to McManus's credit, Saeed worded it in a way where McManus didn't have to say shit. Right. Yeah, Saeed tanked. Exactly. <laughs> he tanked the shit on purpose, just like Shilling just said. Yep. Oh, he got right there and he was like, did she tell you about Vern Schillinger? Not about Scott Ross, just about Vern yeah. Schillinger. Yeah, did she tell you that she killed him with the, with the express purpose of ending his life. No, she ain't tell me that shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's the, it's the whole thing about how people say you can get, a, get around a polygraph test. You ask me a different question. I answer mm-hmm. a different question than what you asked me. But like, you asked me the, you asked me the wrong question. Did I fart? Did you fart? No. <laughs> so... My scene of the show, I'm going to say it out right now, was the next thing that happened, which was Schillinger and Saeed, um, not just because of the conversation they have, but because of Adebisi in the background. <laughs> Bruh, Adebisi was hilarious. Adebisi is having the best time. <laughs> he, is, he, is, he is living his best life this episode. 
<laughs> I mean, whether I mean, I'm not saying it's a good life, but he How is come a, the people in Oz don't ever get to go outside. That's this, a good I don't question. know why this they never go to the yard, this. but they'll never go to the yard. They're always stuck in and, fucking side or in the they, gym. They, yeah, the yard is inside. Ain't no yard. You free to go wherever you want, except for outside. Exactly. I don't know. That was just random. I don't know why. And that's why. That's why. What you call it? Um, what you call it? Um, what's his name? O'Reilly. When he got to go outside for the first time for his surgery, he was just like, "Oh my God, I'm outside!" Like he had he he had that look on he had that look on his face like air it's it's fresh air mm-hmm. that, that i don't have to breathe air from a whole bunch of stinking ass men like and this stinking is, ass scott ross this is yeah I, I ain't gotta think about stinking ass scott ross right now this is great <laughs> you don't have a case will you turn that down they have evidence witnesses and the tape recorder. Now, there's got to be some legal loophole, some technicality. You will be convicted of conspiracy to commit murder, and you will be sentenced to 10 more years. Fuck, might as well be life. I've never seen my kids. Come on, there's got to be some way out. What about Whittlesey killing Ross? Your word against theirs. And without proof, your word is meaningless. They got you, baby. Will you mind your own goddamn business? Schillinger, I'm withdrawing from your case. No, you are not. You pull out, that only compounds my guilt. I will not fight your lost battle. You did this on purpose, didn't you? To set me up. You agreed to be my lawyer knowing you were going to pull out, knowing that it'd make things worse. Things couldn't be worse. I wasn't sure before, but now I know. You are guilty. Truly guilty. You used me. You use me. Life is balance. <laughs> you fucking nigger. Well, I'm <laughs> You just lost the balance, baby. <laughs> first things first. This is the first time I could think of in modern history where the pullout method actually worked for somebody. Yeah, but I'm, my question is, did he really do this on purpose? Yeah, he's gonna say he did. No, he taped that shit. You did you watch that part? He wasn't. He wasn't grilling McManus. He wasn't no, grilling he Willisley. Wasn't. He knew what they did. He didn't grill them on that shit. He just wanted to see. He was like, okay, if I can get him off on an easy shit, then you know I'll get him off on some easy shit. But I'm not working hard for this dude. And he let. And then at some point he realized, oh, he did this shit. <laughs> They played when they played that tape. He was like, "Oh, he did that shit. <laughs> oh, he did that shit. Clock out, time to go. <laughs> yeah. Wrap it up, wrap it up. Time to go, time to go. Yeah, like, like the color purple. He folded, he folded up the 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 tray on that fucking piano and got the fuck out of there. <laughs> so the next thing after uh, Adam B C lets him know that you're out of balance, baby. <laughs> um, 
Now, I love the fact that, like, he didn't even take a breath before he went back to fucking nigger. Like, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't even take a breath. That was like, that was like, that was like a part of his exhale. As soon as, as soon as this shit was clearly over, he went right back. Like, he didn't even, there was no break in between where he just thought about, like, fuck, shit's, shit's really fucked up for me right now. It was just like, no, fucking nigger. Like, he went right back to it. So, um, the next thing that happened was a pretty chilling scene to me between two white women uh, exploring how to feel comfort after they murder somebody. Yeah, like I don't. I, how do you, how do you ultimate Karen? Right. <laughs> That's basically the conversation. How would how do you live with yourself after you do the most Karen? Like, and she was like, um, I just told people that it was an accident and what it need what needed to be was. And then they show that scene where they like kind of zoom in on their hand. And I thought for a second they were gonna show Whittlesey inside the jail cell and Bellinger outside the jail cell, but that didn't happen. Still a good scene though. Yeah. Did you need something? No. Oh, I do. I need a friend. That ain't gonna be me. Of course. I'm a convicted murderer. You're not. Let me ask you something. Do you sleep at night? Yes. How is that possible, given what you did that you sleep through the night? When people ask me about my daughter's death, I tell them it was an accident. But it wasn't an accident. It was what had to happen. It was what had to be. And so I sleep. I sleep good. Hey, Diane. Also, somebody's sending Whittlesey, or not Whittlesey, but Bellinger, uh, love letters um, through the uh, food, and I don't know if it's Adebisi or if he's just intercepting people's shit. No, it is. Okay, uh, I, I remember the outcome. Okay, yeah, Adebisi sending love letters to Shirley Bellinger, and um, so yeah, this whole scene was pretty creepy to me. Um, I, I, well, my question was, when did Adebisi learn how to read and write? It's been about a year now. True. Allegedly, like because. I mean, at this point in time, poets out there in the tux. Yeah, and it wasn't, and, it, and what he said was a deep. Oh, he just wrote, "I love you." That's mm -hmm. it. Which you know might not have might might have taken a lot more than what you would have thought, but not that much. Uh, the next thing that happens is that Lenny, the uh, union rep, uh, CO, who always wears a suit and tie, uh, Lenny is trying to get out of BC hemmed up for poisoning Shibetta. Um, How does Glenn not know he's part of the family? Eh, no, because we didn't fucking know. We didn't know until right this fucking episode. No one had any fucking idea. This dude has been around for how long? Been in the background. He's been, been around since season one. Been been in these meetings and all of this kind of stuff, and there has been absolutely no mention of him being connected to the mob in any way, shape, or form. And then all of a sudden, he's the mouthpiece for the fucking mob. When they the do a background check on this nigga, like, <laughs> but they hired him. 
Yeah, that's the part. That's the that's the that's the only part of this episode that really bothers me is just all of a sudden this dude who's been around for the for the last longest all of a sudden is a is is a mouthpiece for the mob. When the fuck did that happen? So because, because we had no we had no indication that he's even spoke. Has he has we ever have we ever seen him speak to Shabetta previous to now? No, Either Shabetta. Either Shabetta, like just nothing, and then all of a sudden he's the mouthpiece for the fucking mom. And so he tries his hardest to get uh, Adabisi in trouble for poisoning Shabetta. Uh, Glenn is like, we don't have proof of it. If you got proof of it, let me know, and we'll go from there. Uh, and then after that, he goes to talk to Peter, and this happens. Hey. What do you want? To tell you that Glenn ain't doing dick about what happened. It's fine, I'll take care of it myself. How? What did you say? Peter. The family is embarrassed. They got no reason to be embarrassed. They're unhappy with the way that you're running things in here. They blame me for getting poisoned? Your father got fed ground glass over the course of months. Now, whoever did that, probably out of BC, took the time because they knew that Nino was watching. Nino was smart. And so, because I got one quick shot of poison instead of ground glass, I'm not as good as Pop, right? This is what they say. The family. Chris, you tell them I'm gonna handle out of BC. I want to get my honor back by the end of today. Either that fucking movie of me is going to be in a body bag. Now, to his credit, he has a point. Like, because I got poisoned immediately <laughs> and Pop's got the ground up glass, I'm not as good as Pop. No, you're not. It makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. it makes sense that, like, Okay, they had to do some. They they had to play the long game with pops, like they had to play the long game. It, it wasn't something instant, because they would never fuck with Big Shabetta like that, right? So but they also, don't respect. But also, O'Reilly was the one who really planned out the whole thing with, you know, Big Shabetta being yeah. fed glass, and because he snitched, he skates on all of this. Yeah, he's the one who ground up the glass. He's the one who came with that plan the whole nine yards, isn't he? Am I missing something? Yeah, he, it was him. He was so, the one who he was the one who smashed the original glass, and he's the one who took the 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 big can and rolled it up to to make it smaller. He was the one that came up with the plan, and he got to skate on all this. And so, what I'm seeing is that O'Reilly, they're showing. You know, O'Reilly is more calculating and a slow burn than Adebisi. Adebisi is just like, yo, I'm going to murder him. This is how I'm going to do it. Let's do it in one shot. Yeah. So when you think of, I mean, if they had known that, and I think they suspect, but if they had known that O'Reilly was involved in the first one and not the second one, they would have said, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense because they don't like the fucking moolies anyway. <laughs> so uh peter says i'm gonna get him back i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make y'all love me again 
Um, and then he goes back to his cell from the medical ward and he's getting teased on the way back to his cell. Bro, they looks, giving this nigga the blues. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks up at the second tier and Adebisi is still dancing with a grin on his face. <laughs> What is what the what the what the um what the walkman in front of his pants again? Like why is like I get it why you had it because all you had was drawers on before, but like why are you, why is it in the front of your pants again? It's just a good but people don't take his huh? shit. Also true, but who the fuck gonna take out a BC shit? He listen, it, he's a tough dude. It's some crazy motherfuckers in that place. True, but um. Peter can't even sleep because he keeps thinking about that grin. So the next day, Adebisi and, and all the, the brothers wake up early to start making breakfast. They're going to make ham and eggs. Nigga, um, get my father. And <laughs> Adebisi uh, sends everybody off to go get stuff ready, uh, Kenny and, and all the others. And there's a black CO who's standing there with Adebisi. Um, and Adebisi walks into the chain link pantry area to start looking for chocolate syrup, I guess. Um, when Chucky comes out of the back of the pantry and then the black CO disappears and Peter showed up at the front of the pantry effectively trapping Adebisi in between the two of them. Um, I just find it weird that everybody just dipped. Like you know what I mean? Why did the black? Why did it have to be the black CEO letting this shit happen? Because nah, ain't none of them to shit. a black man. Yeah, ain't there one of them shit? You was right. He just smiled too. He smiled at him and walked away. You but, was right you know, the whole time. They, you got the they, juice now, Grandpa. They underestimated old Al- Adabisi. Man, Adabisi <laughs> pulls a pole from out of the shelf and took Chucky out with one swing. And then Peter tried to get him, but got headbutted and knocked through the chain link fences around the pantry area. Uh, and then Chucky came back and grabbed Adebisi from behind, and Adebisi took a huge chunk out of his arm, biting him. Um, and then he grabbed uh, Adebisi grabbed one of them super-sized, big-ass cans of vegetables and beat Chucky to the turf, turned into an action film almost, because Adebisi told him, stay down. And then so he is he dead? on him. I doubt it. Because nah, he was Chucky in the hospital. Did. He was in the hospital in the next scene. No, then, Shabetta was, but Chucky, no, I they were, they were side by side. Oh, yeah. okay. And then Adebisi, who has already kicked uh, or headbutted Peter through the gate. So it almost seems like a, a hell in a cell match where the guy gets kicked through the cell. Um, Adebisi hey, turns God. around and starts stalking hey, Peter with a devilish look on his face. Uh, he turns around and locks Chucky in the pantry, throws Shabetta onto the serving line counter, and sexually assaults him. Lenny, in the next scene, is talking to Warden Glenn and says that Shabetta's rectum is bleeding, but that he won't say what happens. Glenn said that they all knew what happened, and he was going to fire the CO who let that happen. It ain't going to be Lenny. It's going to be that black CO. Grand opening, grand Finally! Party. Finally, Glenn. It's a goddamn time. About time you fire one of these people. Shit. I'm not defending the black man in this situation. He needs to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was not only was it sexual assault on his record, it was almost murder. It was almost murder. Then it was assault. 
physical assault, and then it was sexual assault. All on him. I mean, can't be sending all these brothers to jail, man, because I, I don't think nah, he got to go fired for that shit. I think he'd he need- get locked up. Not that I'm worried about it. I'm just saying. He need to go. Lock him up. Throw away the key. So uh, Glenn walks away after saying that he's going to fire the CEO who let that happen. And Lenny, I don't know, is is the medical war like devoid of COs? Is it like empty? Are there never witnesses for all this shit? Because Lenny walks over to Peter and lets him know that because he got sexually assaulted, he's out of the family. And that somebody else will be taking over operations in Oz. Peter asked Lenny not to tell his father because Peter's doped up. But yeah, like, yeah, I was like, why did he say that? He was hella high. Your daddy dead. Right. And all all Peter wanted to do was be, um, make his dad proud. And that's what Sean threw in that scene where not only are you getting kicked out of the, uh, the family, but you probably disappointed your dad. Don't tell my dad, please. Return to Oswald will return after this brief message. Hey, y'all. This is Derek. We want to thank y'all so, so much for taking time out to listen to this show. What we'd like for you to do right now, wherever you're at, is screenshot your phone, iPad, or whatever you're listening to the show on, and send it to us on Twitter at Return to Oswald. We'll retweet it to everybody and show that you're a part of the family. Also, if you'll be so kind as to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast at and subscribe and follow, we'll greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and back to the show. Alvarez saw Chucky and Peter in the medical ward, and he's telling um, Chico about it. Um, but then he sees Adabisi walking up, and so he hits him up with, Hey, partner. Adabisi is quick to remind him that when he said that he would partner with him, he meant if if Alvarez helped him kill Peter, which he didn't. So get the fuck out of the way. You ain't my partner. Exactly. Chico said that um, Alvarez always let Adabisi punk him and asked him if he's afraid of Adabisi. And Alvarez got mad and said he isn't afraid of anybody. Uh, the next thing that happens is that Chico's in the gym lifting weights and starts a useless fight with a nobody, another rando. He says to the rest of the Latinos that he's going to kill the nameless person that he fought with. And Alvarez says that, no, you're not, because we're not going to war over nothing and that it was all Chico's fault in the first place. Chico responded by asking, what exactly does it take for them to go to war then? And then they cut the motherfucking El Cid, who is literally driving a pole through somebody's body and a fucking plywood board. My nigga, good old pig nose. Right? Like, I don't know what this nigga's real name is, but he is everywhere. And I love him in every film that he's in. Like, I'm not even going to front. Um, he was in uh, Boogie Nights. He was in, like, what the fuck else has this dude been in? Like, he's in every fucking, uh, was he in Blood In, Blood Out? I got to stop and think about that for a second. Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman. Thank you. He's a fucking... He was in China. He was in waiting. <laughs> he's been in everything. He's been he's been in so much for so many so many movies. He's been like that dude. He's he's the Latino guy that you I mean, the Hispanic guy that you call. See, mm-hmm. I caught myself. And I mean, so he comes in. This he, thing was in Crocodile Dundee too. 
<laughs> I'm looking at his IMDb right now. So he was convicted on July 10th, 1998 of murder in the second degree. He was sentenced to 36 years, but he's up for parole in 20. Oh, we forgot about Carlito's way. Miguel is El Cid's um, sponsor. Sponsor. And so Miguel is like super honored to meet El Cid. Apparently El Cid is like the dude on the block. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, Miguel makes the mistake of saying, I'm super honored. Like, yo, yo, El Cid, it's it's honored to see you. And Cid immediately dissed him like, you're too white to be Latino. (laughs) The way that they fuck with him in in, in the future is going to be hilarious. And so El Cid walks into uh, uh, into Emerald City, and every Latino knows him and stands to greet him as a king returned. And meanwhile, Miguel, while uh, El Cid is having a, a actual like he, as soon as he comes in, him and Chico and another dude just start talking like they're like they're planning something out. And Miguel standing off in the distance, holding Cid's betting like he's a joke, right? <laughs> Um, the next thing that happens after that is that the mole almost busted a water pipe and Rebido's having second thoughts about them digging out of Oz. Um, but at this point in time, they have a huge fucking hole in their floor, so they may as well go for it. And, and also, their pod is literally right in front of where the CO's sit. And well, as they're ha- look, No, no, it just looked like that from the camera. They far away. It's just the way the camera was shot. It looks like they can just look in there and see them, but yeah. they're not actually that close. I hope not because they there were two CEOs standing right there talking while yeah. While but the also, when you think about it, it's the it's the two oldest dudes in the place. Like, what are they gonna do? Like, that's probably what the CEOs are thinking. Yeah, they probably sleeping and shitting. And it's dark. We can see them because they have to have light for the shot, so we see who they are. But true in the in the in the inside cannon, it's dark in there. They can't really see what the hell going on. The mole tells Rebido not to speak disparaging of the hole because she'll hear him. Rebido asks who she is, and the mole responds, the hole. I love my holes more than I love anybody, any woman. That's why I never got married, because the women couldn't service me the way that the hole could. It couldn't make me feel the way the hole does, because the, the mole is cray. That's creepy. So the next thing that happens after that is that Jiggy motherfucking Walker. Hold on, hold on. I'm not going to let y'all shame the mole man. All the mole man was saying is, you know, know, I'm kind of stuck to my... No, I'm just trying to stuck... I'm more of a career man. Like, I focus on my career more than my relationships. That's all. That's all he said. Let let him be. Yeah. I see how y'all are. I see no, how y'all are. Not at all. Not this time. I like uh, the mole and I like Rebido. I mean, but just... I mean, I mean, we know that there's the you know I played Lost and Damned. Uh, so we know that some people, some some dudes, white dudes, are uh, actually refer to women as whole. So maybe. We're not gonna do that here. We don't. We don't. We don't. Do that. I didn't say it was a good thing. Right, people, we don't abide by those phrases here. Um, so next thing that happens is that LL Cool J is Jiggy Walker. <laughs> Convicted 71298 of murder in the second degree, sentenced to 28 years, up for parole in 20. 
Um, I just want to say that they must have had different uh, judges because El Cid was convicted on 71098 of murder in the second degree, and that nigga was sentenced to 36 years. Nigga, you know why. Yeah, because it's LL Cool J. Right. Probably and, he, a, I mean, and he looked he looked so sketch, bro. Like he's just <laughs> like he just he just looks so sketch. He's like he's like that dude who, who got the gold tooth that's always just kind of going this show. <laughs> you see my tooth? What they call you? <laughs> Tephus. <laughs> so Rebido's his sponsor, and Rebido asked what he's in for, and Jiggy said it didn't matter because the charges were trumped. Rebido's like, what charges? And Jiggy shushes him and points at Whittlesey, who is leading them back towards uh, Emerald City. After she walks away, Rebido asks for more information, and Jiggy says the information he knows about Governor Devlin. Rebido asks what he knows, and Jiggy says the Devlin is a major league crack addict, and that he knows for sure because he sold him the shit. He's the governor's drug dealer of choice. Like of all, seriously. So of course, Rebido tells Saeed, and right as Jiggy is about to get beat up for having four car, four aces in a card game with O'Reilly and Keller, um, because the, that's the reason why he's in here in the first place, cheating at a fucking card game. And the problem is, Keller also has an ace. <laughs> like how you got four and I got one. Uh, I'm Saeed disappointed in Rebido. Hmm. I'm disappointed in Rebido. For why? Because he's supposed to have the higher power on his side. He's supposed to know that he was lying. Ooh. You know what? You're right. You're right. He should have known that shit. Ooh. I was so disappointed. Hmm. It's cracks. I'm, it's cracks. I'm, I'm rubbing my chin right now like we been no, but- like. But then again, like it's it's been kind of back and forth since the first season. Like mm-hmm. sometimes he sometimes he on it, sometimes he not. He might have known by the next day. Maybe God tossed him at night. <laughs> I mean, or maybe he's been preoccupied with this hole. That is a pretty big hole. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So uh Saeed steps in and asks if they can talk privately. Saeed wants the information about the governor to go public and Jiggy asked what's in it for him and Saeed said that you know you might get stuff released. Saeed has connections in the media and by the next day Jiggy may find himself the most famous man in the state but before we can do that Saeed said uh, he needed dates and times locations and locations of their transactions and Jiggy became evasive uh, saying he can't be exact about such things because they obviously don't keep records. He does have a cousin named Scat who will back him up though. Uh, so Saeed went to make some calls. The very next day, we think, because we don't really know how the time frame works in Oz anymore. It could have been like a week. Um, but eventually, Jiggy's on the front page of the Daily World. And I was I, I paused the fucking show because I, I was looking hard. I was hoping they say something about a sports team. I was hoping they'd say something about a city nearby so that we knew where Oz was located at. But the paper didn't help at all. Um, at this point in time, the COs and the warden and everybody are talking about it at the daily meeting. Jiggy has done five interviews at this point in time. McManus wants all of us, all of the news stations, CNN, 
MSNBC, whomever else to interview Jiggy um, because fuck the governor. Uh, but Whittlesey, and I'm, I'm quickly becoming more and more like fuck Whittlesey. Whittlesey believes the governor's in, innocent be, until proven guilty. He was right. Yeah, but still. I, I'm starting to not really fuck with her. Um, however, the governor wants Jiggy talking to the press. He wants full disclosure. No, no, hold on, hold on. See, this is what you're missing up. You're missing it. Willisley was being petty because she said that to McManus. And so she was basically like, oh, oh, now McManus, a nigga you don't like, you you don't have the morals now. It's no more innocent to prove guilty because you don't like this nigga. But, you know, everybody else, you want to keep them up to that standard. She was being petty when she said that. I respect it. But at the same time, uh, I, ain't, I got nothing. I respect it. Like, he did lie for you. The least you could do is not be petty at this point in time. Like, it's kind of too late. <sighs> but, um, so, the next thing that happens is that uh, the governor wants Jiggy talking to the press because he wants full disclosure, which, if I'm anybody, I'm like, no, we're shutting this shit down. It's a trap. Uh, Devlin does a news report where he or interview where he says he's never met Jiggy or done any drugs. He, he does a press conference, thank you. Where he says he's never met Jiggy or done drugs and that he intends to go to Oz to confront Jiggy and invites the press to go with him. Uh, McManus walks up to Saeed while they're watching this on, t on television and tells Saeed that the monitoring office shows that Saeed placed the calls to the press for Jiggy. And I was like, so you can find that from the monitoring office, but you couldn't find who assaulted Glenn's daughter? We just and, and what's going on with that storyline anyway? Are they just gonna leave that behind? Like, is that a dead issue now? Because yeah, um, they just get nothing else about it. And McManus is like, I'm not even mad at you though, Saeed, because I hate the governor too. And uh congratulate Saeed for doing so. And again, strange bedfellows, indeed. Um the problem is Governor Devlin literally has proof to refute everything that Jiggy said. And he has no problem with um, bringing it all out. He has his drug test to show that no illegal substances were in the system. Uh, he also has proof that on one of the days that Jiggy allegedly sold him drugs, he was at the reception. He was at a reception at the White House. Uh, Jiggy came in at that point in time, and Devlin was like, "Yo, admit that you lied," and Jiggy admitted that he lied, um, and then. You know, Jiggy is like, but you still a lying motherfucker. And they escort Jiggy up to the second tier where Saeed and uh, McManus are there waiting to ask him why the fuck you lied. And when so I'm, fake. But you know what? Honestly, it hit me. Like what he said really did strike me. Because now, first of all, first of all, that story would have never got fucking published. In the first place, it should have never. It should no never. fucking newspaper is gonna publish that shit off the word of a criminal mm -hmm. with no proof. They would have said, "What date did you do that?" He would have said October, whatever the fuck he said. And the news and the journalist would have been like, "Oh, let me take a look at Governor Devlin's schedule." Oh, he wasn't even in the fucking city. He was all the way somewhere else. 
on TV at a fucking event or something like that. And that shit would have never got published. So that part, I watched that. I was like, this is so ridiculous. Especially not five different places. Five different places aren't all going to fall for the same bullshit. And in 1998, they actually did some, you know, journalism. You know, mm-hmm. they still have journalists today, but, you know, it's a lot. You could get something out today. You could just put that shit on the Internet. <laughs> just put that shit on Twitter and some shit will run with it. But in 1998, there was no Twitter or Facebook or none of that shit. So, like, you know, you had to call the Washington Post and journalists actually cared about their reputation because they made their money on people buying their fucking newspaper every day. So they were just like, uh, we're not going to put no shit out here that we got to retract and look stupid. So I saw that I was like, that was ridiculous. But then this part, this part was funny to me because this dude, this he was telling this whole sob story, but he was he sounded like um he sounded like um what's the what's the nigga name that Dave Chappelle played in the player haters club? Silky Johnson. Silky Johnson. He sounded like Silky Johnson telling this story. Yeah, you know, I was at, you know, I was, I went to the pen the first time for 17 years. And, yeah, you know, for the first 10 years, people showed up. But then, you know, after that, they start dropping off. Then it was just my, my fiance left me. And then it was the, and he's telling the story. I'm like, he's supposed to be telling the sob story, but he sounds like a shyster. How am I not supposed to take him as a shyster? Especially after he just did some shysty shit. So how do I know he's telling the truth here? That's how I took it. It's okay. Ain't got to worry about that shit for long. <laughs> oh, Jiggy got sent back to Jim Pop. Well, we're not going to see him no more? I think that at the end of that whole little scene, when they showed him, when they were just backing away from him, they were showing that he was just lost in the shuffle now. Yeah. LL Cool J played in this for one episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is his only episode. <laughs> and because of his lies... Because of Jiggy's lies, the president called Governor Devlin to commend and console him. Devlin is now fucking bulletproof, y'all. <laughs> exactly. He is just it's like, yeah, I just let this shit happen because like well, if I can prove this, then they cast everything else in doubt. And it's funny to hear him say it because Warden Glenn asked him straight up, did you set it all up? But he didn't. Uh, Devlin is just shrewd as a motherfucker. You know, he, he, I mean, for being a, for being a, a, a total asshole and somebody that you wish that you could just stab repeatedly, like he is very, he knows how to play this fucking politics game. Mm-hmm. People will do. Thank you, Mr. President. <sighs> all in all, it was a good day. You didn't set all this up, did you? You didn't hire Walter to lie, did you? No. No, I simply took advantage of the situation. I've been accused of so many things in the past year or so that when I realized I could actually prove my innocence in this one, well, it tinges all the other charges with a wonderful veneer of doubt. Hmm. Do me a favor. Release the Jiggy Walker. I owe it. 
Nigga, you outlawed cigarettes. <laughs> hey, Jiggy earned it. He earned the fuck out of those cigarettes, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so like he literally, like he said, now every other thing that they thought was true, that like they were ready to impeach him and shit. Now that Jiggy done lied and he's able to prove that Jiggy lied, I, I ain't really got to prove nothing else. Nobody else going to step up to me. Who want war? Huh? Test me, huh? I'm murder for fun. That's Governor Devlin right now. Yes. Unfortunately, Sister Pete is still in the case of William, Giles, and Aim. Um, apparently, Augustus heard, Augustus used to be in a cell right next to him and heard uh, Giles kill his roommate, Ron Beebe. Beebe was killed over toothpaste, and of course, AIM was the brand that he fucking used. Ron Beebe killed Sister Pete's husband and, and Giles witnessed it, so Giles killed him back. Um, and to thank him, Sister Pete gets Giles a box of dental supplies, and I'm just glad this whole storyline is over because it was dumb as fuck. Yes, but like, yo. So, so he killed the guy who killed Sister Peter Marie's husband, and that's why he on death row? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the 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 okay, the only good part about this whole story was that smile on his face when he opened that box and it had that dental those dental supplies in it. He seemed he was so happy. He was so happy. And after seeing him like lose his shit repeatedly through all of these stories, I was just so happy to see him happy. Yeah. Sometimes it's the little things. Aim, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's just a little thing. And you know, a box full of uh toothbrushes, aim toothpaste, and mouthwash probably put her out like maybe sixty dollars tops. Now you can get aim at Dollar Tree now, like true. <laughs> <laughs> all those toothbrushes too, all that shit came from Dollar Tree. I don't know if Dollar Tree was around back then, but fuck it. All that shit could have came from Dollar Tree. So uh, O'Reilly's final treatment is rapidly approaching and he's now being seen by the other doctor who <laughs> has a great joke. He says for our 30th anniversary, my wife wants to go to the Virgin Islands. <laughs> it's too late for that. <laughs> um, O'Reilly asked about Dr. Nathan. Uh, the funeral for her husband is on Thursday and she'll be back to work soon. Uh, and at that point in time, um, O'Reilly's wife Shannon comes in to see him and O'Reilly breaks up with her and he says that he found somebody else. Does before we go any further, there's a co-ed locker room in Oz. Okay, that shit was only weird to me. That's cool. Um, um it's been like that this whole time. I know, but it never stops being weird. Like the, there's only like two women. Who have to actually like change and there's dudes there's probably always dudes in the locker room somewhere like that shit is just not that's not cool like you know you got women you should have a women's locker room what the fuck is this do something McManus do something Glenn do not something governor no I make a women's locker room for two people why not back then oh yeah it's not worth the resources to them and especially the, <laughs> especially we, we don't want nothing different for the third when the third comes around fuck the and, third and so Cyril O'Reilly uh, was convicted on July 1st, 1998 of murder in the first degree. Uh, he's got life, but he's up for all in 60 years. Um, and so they, hmm? 
<laughs> when they got him, he put his arms straight up, like, oh shit. <laughs> like, you got me, coppers. <laughs> and so they go and tell Dr. Nathan about what transpired. And Dr. Nathan goes to see O'Reilly or goes to see Ryan. I guess I should use names now because, you know, there's two of them. But this happens. Gloria, you're back. I became a doctor to help people. Now, I know that that sounds like a cliche. It sounds naive, but it's true. I could have a fancy practice anywhere, but instead I chose to work at Oz. I saved your life, O'Reilly. And in return, you destroyed mine. Brother Cyril confessed. Shit. Cops won't interrogate you, although he's refusing to implicate you in the murder. He's gonna take the rap himself. McManus. You gotta see that I love her, man. Love? What the fuck do you know about love? Oh. What do you know? Huh? What do any of us? I know it's not a reason to commit murder. Yeah, well, then maybe you've never really been in love. Technically, he didn't commit the murder. He ordered the murder, but he didn't commit the murder. I thought that shit was some deep shit. Uh -huh. 1998. Mm hmm. So, fuck that. Love should have okay. brought him home that night. <laughs> I mean, he just thought he was so smooth, and I didn't do it. Yeah, it, I love the fact that he waited. He waited for his moment to be like, ah, we got your brother, bitch. Like, <laughs> he waited his turn. He didn't even walk in the room until after she left. Boom, <laughs> like, I got your brother. I got your man. I got, sorry. <clears throat> Anyhow, so O'Reilly, or Cyril, is doing 60 years or doing life. Uh, and because he didn't give up Ryan, Ryan is still skating scot-free because he's a snake. Uh, Beecher is still having nightmares about Kathy uh, and Keller is there to console him and help him get out of his sweaty clothing. Uh, while he's doing so, he sees a swastika tattoo on Beecher's butt cheek when he's changing clothes and says they should do something about it. And Beecher's really starting to catch feelings. Like, like he's, he's in deep. Um, he has a conversation with Sister Peter Marie um, where they talk about, like, is it right for me to feel this way? And I thought it was interesting. Good morning. What's the matter? Nothing. Bias. I see you almost every single day. I know the difference between nothing and nothing. That's not what computers sound like. 
Two men shouldn't love each other. They can't feel the same things a man and a woman feel. I mean, if a guy has a lot of bad shit happen to him, and another guy comforts him, I mean, that's, that's all it is, right? I mean, that's not love, right? Well, some men in here are homosexual, and some need sex. I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about love. I had sex with Schillinger. It was brutal, unloving. This is different. Bias, are you in love with another man? I think so, yeah. So, the next thing that happens is that uh, Keller did some research and found out that because Beatrice's tattoo was burned on him instead of tattooed on him, it can't be removed, but that he can turn it into something else. Um, Beecher is shown a, a few options, one of which is um, turning the swastika into just a, 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 a four-square court. Um, the other one is making a circle around the swastika and then drawing a line through it like, we don't like Nazis. Uh, Beecher remembers how much it hurt going on and doesn't want to deal with any more of the pain either way it goes. And Keller produces moonshine to help ease the pain. Um, but Beecher has been clean from alcohol for over a year and doesn't want to backslide. If he goes back to alcohol, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope. Um, Keller berates himself and now Beecher's looking at the bottle because he, he feels bad for, you know, berating Keller. Um, he has another bad dream that night and uh, he hops off the bed and he goes and he picks up the bottle of moonshine and takes a sniff of it and puts it back on the shelf. And then he splashes water on his face and goes back to bed. This is literally like Pookie in New Jack City. It just keeps calling me, man. Which is exactly what Keller wants him to do. You know, yeah, yeah, because he has a conversation with Schillinger mm -hmm. about it. It was like, no, I'm. It's like I'm gonna get him to drink. He gonna drink. And Schillinger's it. like, you didn't. He didn't drink the moonshine. I need him to drink the moonshine. And and uh, Keller's like, it's not about the moonshine. He's in love with me. I got him. Um, and then Beecher just happens to walk in at that time. So he, you know. Keller and, and Schillinger got to act like they hate each other and then they go wrestle. Uh, Beecher and Keller uh, talk about why, why Beecher's kids belong with Beecher. Uh, so Beecher uh, shaves and goes to see them. Um, I told you, he, he, that, that beard needed to go. Yeah. And once it went, uh, he came back in and they had a good time. And then Keller was in the laundry room drinking when Beecher returned. And he tells Beecher that his ex-wife, who he's divorced twice, has just got remarried. Beecher consoles him and tells him that he loves him. And Keller tells him that he loves him too and they kiss. Uh, at that point in time, a CO knocks on the window because you're not supposed to have any fraternization of that type in prison. Um, and Keller throws the glass of moonshine at, at a glass at the at the window between the CO and him. I guess the, the window of the laundry room 
is not made out of glass. Maybe after the riots, they took all the glass out of the pods. Yeah, it's probably some sort of plexiglass. Yeah, because it just plexi breaks. You know, the glass just shadows up against it. And Keller gets taken to the hole. Um, and Beecher sits alone in his cell and thinks about where his life has taken him. Um, and then he finds a bottle of moonshine under his pillow. And instead of pouring it out, he struggles with it. Um, and then he opens it up and he chugs the whole bottle. And that's yeah. where the episode ends. Because it just so happens that he goes to lay down and there's a... But and he goes to lay down on the bottom bunk, which is not his bunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's that bottle was right there. That was the fakest thing on this whole fucking show. This motherfucker was down in moonshine like it was a bottle of Dasani water. Yeah, I've had moonshine before. That shit don't go like that. No, he would be dead. <laughs> that shit was not go down like that at all. He was all gone. No, but that shit was on your back singing country roads. That shit was falling down his face and everything. Like it was. was, I mean, but even if half of that grease lightning was going down his throat, he'd be out. Yeah, especially like some some jail made distillery moonshine. That wasn't even Pruno. That was just Everclear. Like, boy, stop. Sheesh. I've had that shit. I've had jungle juice before. That is not the business. So that's the end of the episode. Um, overall, I think that it was it was cool, but I think that they spent a lot more time building stuff up. You know, uh, just putting bricks onto other foundations than showing a completed house in this episode. Um, and Brandon, like I said last episode, I'm with you in the fact that I don't remember how a lot of this stuff transpired. So when I see it, I'm like, oh, huh. But in this episode, it's like, okay. You know, I don't, I, I never felt like Shabetta was a leader. I feel like he's a little kid playing. I think he, I feel like he's just like maybe a little bit older than um, Kenny Wangler and was never really trained to be in this situation. Like, his dad was alive when he was out. Like, why would I have to run the mob? Yeah, it just, no part of that is believable to me. And then the Jiggy Walker situation is just, yuck. <laughs> yuck. Like, seriously, fuck Jiggy Walker. That that was a pop-up that just didn't go anywhere. The Sister Pete situation, I'm glad that that's closed off because that storyline is stupid. I'd like for Sister Pete to be in actual real situations. Um, the one thing that they did, no, they're still just really building. They're building the Dr. Ryan and, and our Dr. Nathan and Ryan O'Reilly thing still because he's still saying he loves her even after he just got told that your brother's coming in here for murder. They're still building about Beecher and Keller, even though since they pretty much ruined that the first night by saying that, you know, by letting us know that Schillinger and and, and Keller were working together, it's like this is now a long burn to what we already know was there. Um, Any thoughts on it, Brandon? This episode was just a... a, um... A lot of you know, there was a lot of exposition just pushing the story a little bit further. 
nothing crazy, nothing like too major happened. This episode is like a game changer uh, for what's going on. Um, but I'm interested in just seeing. We didn't see a lot of Kenny this episode, so nope. I don't know if his storyline is kind of on the back burner for the time being. But uh, we we didn't see a whole lot of him. I want to know what's going to go on with this hole that they them old white men are digging. Um, and I'm interested to see how he's digging this hole with this spoon. That's what it sounded like he's this. doing. It sounded like it's just chick, 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 chick. So, you know, I don't know how I'm supposed to believe this, but, you know. Yeah. They got magical power. So, you know, you know, maybe maybe they got Wanda helping them. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. So I, I want to see what's I want to see what's up with that. And I'm I'm also very pleasantly happy with um the evolution of my man Glenn. He's starting to become a, a real person. You know, he he's starting to stand up for himself. He's starting to, you know, he fired a CEO finally. It only took, you know, something terrible happening for the thousandth time uh, for him to fire finally fire someone. So, you know, he's firing CEOs. Like, you know, he got he's got some problems going on right now. So he's starting to get on my good side. Okay. And Scar, thoughts? Um, I the the episode I wouldn't call it bad. I wouldn't call it a filler episode, but I would just call it it's it's a bridge. Yeah. Um, it's a bridge that's gonna lead to some other things. Um, so I I don't I I don't hate it. I I thought that the I thought that the 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 sexual assault would 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 stick with me longer, but it happened so early in the episode. By the time you get to the end, like you just completely fucking forgot about that. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily like, like in the in the world that we live in now, like this would be a much bigger deal. But like the the idea that like sexual assault happened, um, like, and it was just kind of like there was one conversation after the fact, and the dude just leans down and tells Shabetta he's out, and then that's just it. Nothing else happened with that. So the next episode is called Animal Farm. There's actually only uh, two episodes left in this season. Yeah, we, we, we're getting through this pretty fast. We're um, burning through this, yeah. We'll be able to get to whatever show y'all were... I know you were talking about Orphan Black, and Brandon, I tried again with Curb Your Enthusiasm. You're not watching. I tried. You can't just watch, can't just watch an episode. You have to watch them. You know what's a good show? Like an actual really good show is New Girl. Enthusiasm. That's what I said. New Girl. You should watch that. That's not a good show. No one should watch that. What? Absolutely no one. New Girl is great. And and another one that we might do somewhere down the line um, is Spartacus. Spartacus was good. The first, the first the first season was fucking fantastic. I, I don't love new Spartacus, Doug. Like, I'm sorry. I don't love new Spartacus. Like, All these bad Sp- shows. No, Spartacus is great. Like, it's it's great. Spartacus is top 20 all time, dog. Yes. And I heard, I heard, I don't know how, how, um, how true it is, but I heard they put the shield back on Hulu. Ooh, if they do that. Okay. I've never seen the shield before. The shield Spartacus is, got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. You want me to watch this garbage? Yes. The, the shield is <laughs> the shield is is the cop version of Breaking Bad. 
Okay, we maybe maybe if we can get Brandon in on it, make me um, watch this garbage. And you can't watch the great ninety-eight percent Rotten Tomatoes curb your enthusiasm. I'm trying, dog. I promise you, I try every day. I turn it on. And I look at it. Stop watching season one. I told you. Skip no, I'm on season one. two now. Um, the last one that I saw was hold on because I wanted. I I knew you were gonna ask. It wasn't the one where he was a car dealer. I saw that one where he worked at a car dealership. Um, it was, fuck, something happened between him and, and Jeff, his uh, his his producer, his manager. Um, although that was a funny one where his manager and his wife were divorcing. And so his wife was all of a sudden telling him about all the freaky shit <laughs> they did in bed. So they found out. Did you, that, get, did you get the shack? No, Shaq is in season two. No, not yet. I'll get there eventually, I guess. One of the best, one of the most famous episodes is in season two. It's called The Dole. It's episode like six or seven. See, but that's that like means one I gotta of the get most through like four more episodes. I will try. I'll watch some more of it with Nisha tonight. I promise. I'm so disappointed. Too. Wait till you get to the racist dog and all the good shit. Okay, I when I, I come on, into it, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I couldn't get in. When I come in here laughing, I'm like, I saw it. Then we'll have a new friendship. But until then, you can hate me. You can hate season me now. Season two is good. It's kind of like Ages of Shield, where like season one is like a chore to get through, but it's okay once you. But when you watch the rest of the series, it's like, oh, I get what was happening in season one. Season two is like when it starts to hit a stride. Like, okay, I can see it picking up. Season three is when it just like fucking hits its stride. And then from season three on, it's just like they don't miss. It's like zero misses. No okay. swings and misses. Okay. A home run every time at bat. Okay. We'll see. That's kind of how it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> to each of y'all who are listening to the show, we greatly appreciate it. Quite honestly, like we are thrilled uh, that y'all have been checking out the show. And when we look at um, where we've come from in this show to where we are now. Thank you so much. We're averaging, uh, the listenership is, is, is large. And so I'm really grateful to each and every one of y'all for checking us out. Be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Um, if you don't listen to the show on iTunes, just leave a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast at. Um, and yeah, I just really want to, Thank you all so much. We greatly appreciate it. You can check us out on Twitter at Return to Oswald. You can check Scar out on Twitter at Scarfinger. Not the Scarfinger, just Scarfinger. You can check Brandon out on Twitter at that cool blick nerd, BLK nerd. Um, But yeah. Oh, and I'm Rashani. Um, To all y'all from all of us, we greatly do appreciate your time. Thank you again. Y'all be good. This is single simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.